Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Where Liberty Dwells podcast. I'm your host, Vaughn Hilp. Firstly, did you not know about this episode right when it came out? Are you outraged that you didn't? Well, you should be because that's a very sad story. If you want to stay updated on every episode of the podcast, you should follow the show's Instagram at Where Liberty Dwells Podcast or follow the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, I'd like to announce that the Where Liberty Dwells website is now fully functional. The website will also be the home of brand new WLD articles as well. The first published article titled The Death Penalty Should Not Be Abolished is up now on the site at www.wherelibertydwells.com. Enjoy the show. Good morning and welcome to Where Liberty Dwells podcast. I am your host, Vaughn Hilp. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking about why America is not racist. And I mean, that's just a full sentence, full period after that. America is not racist. And when I say that, I mean the country. The, the reason this is such a hot issue is because people so often don't have a set. When they say America's institutions are racist, America is racist, you know, there are, and then some people say American people are racist. These are not very, this is not, there's not one unified statement that's often made, oftentimes more on the left of on what, what their actual statement is here. Is the whole country racist? And what does that even mean if you are saying the whole country is racist? Are they specific institutions which are racist? Are, is it people? It's not very defined. But I'm here to say today that America as a country is not racist. I have to say this because of the endless attempts by the left to paint America and our history as irredeemably racist, sexist, homophobic, and every bad ism and phobia that you can think of. The fact is, though, that we have entered an era much the opposite that we've seen in the latter half of the 20th century. There's a rather obvious anti-American, anti-patriotic sentiment that has permeated our society through the media, corporations, and even now politicians in the last decade. But if anything is true, it's that America is maybe the most successful multicultural, multicultural and multiracial nation ever. Like, and there's nothing close. There has been no nation, past or present, that has developed the wealth and had the amount of people that the United States has while simultaneously being extremely diverse in every way. Most successful countries in the history of the world have been homogenous, at least in the modern times. It's a tragedy that for two centuries, there was unequal treatment. There truly was. There was America operated under a system of law that was racist and and in ways sexist and homophobic for almost two centuries. That entire time, though, that doesn't make the country racist. There was systemic racism back then. There, There truly was. There was systemic sexism because there were laws in place that because of the color of your skin or because of your gender or your sex or your sexual orientation that you could not do certain things that someone not in those groups could do. There was actual discrimination. There was actual racism. Slavery. Women couldn't vote. The persecution of gay people. It happened for almost two centuries. Today in America, that's not the case. The, the law is very explicit 
And it now, more than ever, not perfectly, but more than ever, lives up to the original ideals of the United States of America, which is that all men were created equal. Now, the, race, the reason I say America is not racist is because very specifically of these original ideals. Like I said, for two centuries, all of our leaders and all of our citizens operated in a way that was absolutely contradictory to those very important words in the Constitution, in the Declaration of Independence. We did not live up to our values that we set in motion. The very people that wrote those did not live up to those expectations. But like I've said many times on the show before, we cannot look at historical figures and historical eras with the glasses, with the lens of the 21st century. Every person ever has held views that today would be considered bad, racist probably, sexist, any sort of bad you can think of, not PC. That's really what it is. There are people now that hold views that 40 years from now will not be viewed as PC. And we, in large part, don't even know what those might even be. But we know for certain that every person that came before us lived in a time where it was okay to do or say something that it is not okay now. Many of those, many of those things... Good, very good that we can no lo- that it's no longer acceptable to do them. But the point is that we cannot judge the founding fathers or the, the Americans of the 19th century with the historical lens of 2021. It does not work like that. There were founding fathers that held slaves, and they, those are the same men writing that all men were created equal, and that is absolutely a contradictory statement. There are a few people that study years to be able to understand the historical context that those people lived in. And we've come to find out that many people detested slavery. And they did things in in their life or at the end of their life to combat the the sins that they, they were acknowledging. George Washington freed every single one of his slaves after he died. I'm not saying at all that these men were perfect human beings that we should idolize. But if they had never written those words in the first place, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I know they weren't living up to it, but if they had never said them in the first place, we would not be here. We would not have made it as far as we did. We would not have as much progress as we have today. And that is why America is not racist. Oh, trust me, we've had our fair share of racism. And I've covered lots of this, this history on this show before. But the point every single time has been that we have never truly lived up to the ideals we wrote back in 1776 and 1783, but we're trying to make a more perfect union every day and every year. Now, lately in the news, you may have heard about the the recent shootings at these spas in Atlanta, Georgia. According to BBC News, Asian women among eight that were killed at three different spas. So this happened... Two days ago, uh, a 21-year-old man is now in a uh, suspect in custody, and there is a growing sense of fear that these shootings uh, at these three different spas in the Atlanta area were motivated by anti-Asian American sentiment or anti-Asian sentiment, because six of the eight, as I understand it, six of the eight people killed were Asian women. Now, the, the stop Asian American and Pacific Islander hate group And the police say that there is no motive established for sure yet, but there are these fears over a target attack 
against Asian Americans. First off, I want to say this is an attack. I grieve with every fellow innocent American life lost. This is a terrible, terrible tragedy, regardless of racial motivation or not. If anti-Asian American motives are substantiated, then I condemn them unequivocally. There's been I've been reading lots lately that says that Asian American hate crimes have have increased 149% since the beginning of coronavirus, which could be a correlation between anti-Asian sentiment due to the virus as because the the virus originated in Wuhan, China. But now this is the crux of the issue for me because I mean, beginning with COVID, right, there's the issue on naming the virus. And, and there was a whole month during quarantine last year where people were calling it all sorts of different things. COVID-19, the China virus, the Wuhan virus, the Wuhan flu, Wuhan coronavirus. I said back in April, I made a whole episode about it, that you can call it the Wuhan coronavirus because it originated in Wuhan. And there is significant history for naming illnesses of the place that they originated. And I've went over that in the episode. There is significant history behind that. It is not something that is purely racially motivated. Oftentimes, diseases and sicknesses are named from where they began. Now, if, so, if I say that, if I say it's not a terrible thing, you're not a terrible person for calling it the Wuhan coronavirus, that doesn't make you a racist. A person who is actually racist may hear that and construe that to mean that Asian Americans and Asians caused this virus, therefore I should do something or act in a racist way. Now, if you live and breathe in the 21st century and believe that one person is better than another solely for the color of their skin, you are an idiot. There, there is no other way to put it. You are an idiot. There is nothing in science there's nothing in social science that says that inherently because of someone's color of skin or their gender or their sexual orientation that they are inferior. If, if you think like that, one, I don't need you to listen to my show anymore. And two, you're an idiot. But there should be a clear distinction here. Saying something that is true, pointing out a fact being curious, making comparisons or analogies, asking questions, engaging in dialogue should not be viewed as automatically racist. Yet we live in this hyper PC society today where something as simple as stating a fact or asking a question or making a comparison can be viewed as racist and have you canceled or, or worse or worse. What someone construes facts to mean to fit their racist worldview is the true issue. And those are the people that you should be going after. And one, trying to trying to at least educate them, to teach them that this is not how the world works. And two, call them out. Truly call those people out. But we have crossed a significant line where it is no longer acceptable to even ask the question or disagree with the mainstream point of view. And you are immediately labeled as racist for doing so. That is a problem. A good example that reminded me of this when I was thinking about this episode is over the summer at the height of the the protests uh, over George Floyd and, and everything that happened over the summer, there was this Instagram account that popped up 
uh, among people in my neighborhood, and it's called racist businesses. And for one thing, there doesn't seem to be any more racist businesses or people because they haven't posted since July 30th. But I looked them up again because it was something that is very similar to what I'm talking about now. Basically, this Instagram account, it operates as uh, basically kind of a blacklist, uh, a way to just a kind of a canceling platform for whoever was operating it would would be sent submissions about you know, racist people on social media in the Chicagoland area. And in their bio, they just say it's one, it says, it says, say you're racist, say you're a racist and move on. That's all. That's, that's that was the, the whole point is that if you've been exposed, just say you're a racist and move on. We don't want to talk to you about, we're going to call you out. We're going to call you maybe one of the worst things you can call somebody if they are not is a racist. And we don't want to hear any sort of defense. We just we just want to acknowledge. We want you to acknowledge you're a racist. We want you, we want to tell you that, and then you can move on. And there's no discussion. And I went through all of their posts, and honestly, there are some things in there that if I saw on social media, I would say that that's racist. Yes, um, but there's also some things that are very questionable. But the one that stands out the most to me, and the reason I even knew about this Instagram account in the first place, is because a, a friend of mine, Sean Clump. Uh, if you want to go look at the Instagram, you can, if you've never heard of it and it's still up now, but a friend of mine, Sean Klump was, he was canceled by these people for something that is not racist. And I will go over it in full today. And I I'm upset that I never covered this sooner. I know it's, it's, you know, six, seven months back now, but when I was making this episode, this fit very well. So on the, the post about Sean, it's a, it's a screenshot of a tweet he made. And he made this, uh, once again, at the height of, of all of the protests over the summer. Uh, so it was right around that time. It was posted on June 9th. And he said, saying all cops are bastards is just as bad as saying all Muslims are terrorists. Please prove me wrong. Now, I will admit, it may not be the most tactful thing to say on a public forum at a time like it was in a society now that we live in where it's so hyper PC. It's not something I would have tweeted not because I don't think, not because I think it's racist, or not even be, not even because I don't agree with the sentiments he is providing or the arguments he is making, but just that the wording is something that I could see that this is exactly how you could end up on, you know, this uh, a cancel list, a blacklist Instagram account such as this. But let me read that again. He said, "Saying all cops are bastards is just as bad as saying all Muslims are terrorists." Please prove me wrong. Now they posted that to the Instagram account. And the account themselves, the caption of the post was, people choose to be cops. The other one is a racist stereotype. And then they tag him in his Instagram, his Facebook, his Twitter. And then they show pictures of him alongside the tweet in the post. So a full-on doxing of Sean. Now, what did they say? They said, people choose to be cops. The other one is a racist stereotype. So you're saying... The reason that this was posted, the reason Sean is a racist is because he made a comparison of, of a group of people that choose to do that group and one that do not. And that's the only distinction. And because of that, he's the racist. So, yes, cops, police officers choose to do the profession they do. They choose to be officers of the law. People who follow the faith of Islam do not Oh, oh, wait. Oh, wait, they do. They do choose to be, they do choose to be Muslims. 
Okay, strike one. Uh, well, also, Muslims, not a race. Islam, not a race. That is a religion. This is already not off to a very factually based footing, but we'll keep it going for the sake of this, of, of talking about this. Um, so yes, you do choose to be a Muslim. You do choose to follow the faith of Islam, uh, albeit it is harder to leave the faith of Islam than it is to uh, retire from being a police officer. But that is honestly more of a fault of Islam than not. Um, there are many parts of the Muslim world that they think it's absolutely abhorrent and in some parts actually call for your persecution or death if you choose to leave the the nation of Islam, as they say. So to continue, though, that was the only thing they said was bad. The other one's a racist stereotype, which it is. Saying all Muslims are terrorists, you know, it's not a racist stereotype. It's a it's a xenophobic stereotype. It's a it's an anti-religious. It's an anti you know it's Islamophobic. That's the new that's the new word. That is, that is a bad thing. I would never say that because very clearly all Muslims are not terrorists. There are billions of Muslims on this planet, and very 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 few of them are terrorists. So yes, it is a racist stereotype, but in essence, what Sean is saying is not wrong at all. You're taking a group of people who both of them choose to be a part of that group. And you're generalizing all of them to be something terrible. Terrorists, terrible. Bastards, now this is interesting because this phrase, ACAB, ACAB, all cops are bastards, was flown around everywhere on social media, in the, in the, right, in the, the mainstream media over the summer. It still is a little bit now. And... The problem is, one, is that people don't even have an agreed-upon definition of what this means. But from what I've come to understand, I was appalled by it at first. I was like, how could you say this? How could you, how could you just condemn an entire group of people like that? But then I learned, no, 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 no. You're wrong. You're wrong. We're not saying each individual police officer is a bastard, whatever you make that out to be. We're saying that as an institution, as an entire institution, as an entire organization, police officers are bastards because they perpetuate the systemic racism that has permeated America for centuries. That is their, that's really their true argument when you break it down. Okay, so now you're saying that it's not each individual cop. It's just the group of them as a whole because even, and then they say, even if you are a good police officer, you are, you are not doing anything. You're not being an anti-racist police officer. You're just a non-racist police officer. Because remember, there is no room for non-racist in society. Sounds crazy, right? You're either a racist or you are anti-racist. Anybody in between is still a racist. Let that be known. That's how society works today. You cannot be non-racist. You have to be anti-racist, which in essence makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. To be non-racist and labeled a racist, there's something very wrong there. Now, the problem is you're saying all cops are bastards. That's as bad as saying all terror, all Muslims are terrorists. Well, okay, even if we use your logic now, society, and we, re, we, we rethink about how what Sean said, all cops are bastards is just as bad as saying all Muslims are terrorists. So not, not each, not individual Muslims, but Muslims as a whole are terrorists because they perpetuate this culture of jihad. That would be now what we're saying, right? Well, in a way, in a way, there's, there is actually merit to that statement that much of the Muslim world has terrible, terrible policies. Many governments are theocratic and operate under Sharia law. And many, many, even as much as over, over half, 
over half of British Muslims think that gay people should be persecuted because they are gay. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Islam in general makes people terrorists. But I'm saying that there are policies, there are mainstream policies among governments in Islamic countries, Muslim countries, that are bad. Sharia law is bad. Now, I didn't really understand what was going on with Sean. I felt really bad for him when this was happening. And and then there was a whole slew of comments. And there's this guy in the comments that starts going at it with Sean. And dude was being an absolute prick the entire time. One, he he calls Sean out Sean out again. And and Sean's just asking questions. I mean, you can obviously see by the way he's typing that he's he's frantically typing this and he's he's really he's not understanding what's going on because I mean, can you imagine? You're not a racist person. And I know Sean. I know him personally. Man is man is not a racist person. There were some people in the comments defending him, which is good. But to be in that situation, sitting at your phone, seeing all of these comments and people calling you a racist on a public forum for everybody to see when you know you're not and other people know you're not. But now people that don't know you are going to consider you a racist because they see this. How, how can you expect him to be anything but a little frantic, right? But this guy right away, he's like, oh, do he, what's, the, what's the comment he makes specifically? He says, he says, do you get a cookie for each question mark you use? Dude's an absolute fucking prick. Sean's just saying, this doesn't make sense. I don't think all Muslims are terrorists. Are, are terrorists. He says, making a comment on hateful speech makes me a racist? Question mark. I don't, he does not understand what's going on. Neither did I. This, this person says, if you, his, only, his only actual response to anything Sean said of substance is that if you use race as a basis in your example, then yes. One, that's not even a complete sentence, so I don't know how to answer that entirely, but He's not even using race. Once again, the whole premise of this is not even racist. It's, it's talking about a religion that you also choose to be in. So this really does not make any sense. That's what I want to sum this up as. But then he just insults him further. And he, you know, he, he's, he's, he acts very condescending. Dude, calm down. Never said you were a racist. Then he deletes a comment. I don't even know what that comment was. But Sean says, wow, now you're going to delete the comment. And he did say he was being, he said his comparison was racist. Sure, he didn't call the person a racist, but today, that's just as bad. You, you say something and someone says that's racist, everyone looks at you as if you are a racist. We all know that's what happens. And then he tries to defense himself, saying he's not the operator of this page. And the entire, the entire interaction, is just, it sums up pretty beautifully how, what, the, what it has come to, especially through social media. It's just this this in this just disgusting, vile, toxic pool of of hateful comments. And I'm talking about hateful comments of all kinds. There is the racist stuff out there. There really is. And that's bad. But then you get an innocent person like my friend Sean caught in the crossfire of something like this during a time where everybody's sense of racial uh racial views and racial relations are heightened at a time like that and he just gets completely obliterated on social media for no reason and what i'm just what why i'm even mentioning this is because it is it's a shame it's a shame to see 
something like this happen. And for me, it was someone I knew personally. And, you know, it's just, it's just, what, what are we going to do? What do we do? How do we combat this? How do we, how do we fight back in the name of, I don't know, science, facts, intellectual curiosity, dialogue, conversation? All of those things are slowly, slowly fading away with the way that we do, that we, that we talk online and, the, and what dictates being acceptable today. It's slowly, it's slowly fading away and it's, it's very scary. It's very, very scary. Once again, this Instagram account hasn't posted anything since July, so maybe everyone's no, maybe no one's racist anymore, actually. But at least in the Chicagoland area, maybe no one, maybe no one's racist anymore. But yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, so I'd like to leave it at that. But if you're listening and you have any sense of, or you have any sort of motivation to go out. And orient yourself in the world in a way that combats this absolute takeover of our society in terms of what in terms of what is dictated as acceptable to say or to ask. Then just take a moment each day when you go outside. This is what I do, and just be prepared to calmly explain your position. Never try and get overly emotional because people will only use that against you. And just remember that if you use facts at the end of the day and you know in your heart that you have not said anything racist, sexist, homophobic, whatever, if you know at the end of the day that you are solely saying these things in the pursuit of truth, and if you find actual racism, racism, sexism, homophobia, you combat that too because that shit is wrong. But if you say things that are just factually true and you're asking questions that are real, do not be ashamed of yourself. Do not be ashamed of yourself. Have a wonderful day. This has been Where Liberty Dwells podcast. I'm your host, Vaughn Hope.